0: Hallelujah. Well, thank you all for coming. Good to see everybody's smiling faces in this bright room. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 So, you know, God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. You know, um, we're going to continue along the uh, theme of true vine. And, you know, it's funny because each time I'm like, all right, well, I continue on. And then the Lord just keeps giving me something new during the week as I, you know, study. But one thing I want to add is I want to correct something that I said last week in that it's not my it, it's not my job to get you close to the Lord. Right. You know, we as individuals, it's our responsibility as individuals. But it is my job to help fan the flame. Right. And actually, it's all of our jobs to fan the flame. Right. But as elders, as pastors, as church leaders, you know, we can do one of two things. We can help draw people closer to God. Or we can help pull them away, further away from God, Amen. right? And and we see that, and, and God talks about it in His Word, even in, in uh, Jeremiah twenty three. He talks about it. You know, um, when He was dealing with the uh, the shepherds and the false teachers, the false prophets, and He was saying, you know, if you were actually of Me and speaking of Me, you would draw My people closer to Me, right? And that's not what they were doing, right? So we do have a part or I have a part to play in that. So I just wanted to bring correction on that on something I said. All right. And, uh, you know, it's funny cause the second song said, uh, this, I, I typed the lyrics and I was listening to it back there. Uh, all I want is for you to be glorified. Right. And we learned in last week that how do we glorify him by bearing much fruit, yeah. right? That, that's how we glorify him and bearing much fruit. And, I didn't tie it together on, from Wednesday when I talked about, you know, second Timothy three, that we're in perilous times, hard to take time, which is vital on why he will want us to learn about abiding in him, abiding in a true vine, because there, there's a lot of stuff out there that's going to bring distraction to us. Right. And the only way we can stay in, a, in, a, in his presence is, and continue to walk and and bear out his character is by abiding in the true vine. And see, the world, not even the world, the enemy will like nothing more for us to be uplifted from his vine, to come out of our carnal nature and out of our flesh and things like that. And you know, because we are flesh, we are human, right? So we're prone to make mistakes. You can be good at work for 60 straight days. Come 61, let you lose your cool, oh, you shouldn't have done it no matter who else is wrong, right? But they expect better out of us, right? And But we got to be on guard about that and the only way we could be on guard is to abide in the true vine, okay? So we're going to go to John 15 again. And we'll just walk our way through this and we'll stop when I feel late, <laughs> John 15 and we'll begin at verse 1 When you have it say amen Amen Amen. Alright So we should be familiar with this right now At least the first 4 or 5 verses I am a true vine and my father is the vine dresser Every branch in me that does not bear fruit He takes away And every branch that bears fruit He prunes That it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5 I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for, why, for without me you can do nothing. Now, we think about this, you know, we, we think of how these words. Would impact these 11 disciples because at this point, I mentioned a few weeks ago that Judas is gone at this point to betray Jesus. And from 13, 14, 15, and even 16 and 17, you know, Jesus is prepping them, telling them about his departure. And now they're hearing that, hey, wherever all before this, wherever Jesus was, they knew how to get to him. They knew how to get to him, but now he's saying, look, you can't come with me. Right. So now just imagine sorrow filling their heart. John 16 tells us that sorrow filled their heart. And Jesus tells them he recognizes that sorrow is filling their heart because not only they're losing their Lord, their Savior, their Messiah, but they're losing their friend. Right. They're losing their friend. They're losing their teacher, somebody who they walk with. So pretty much their best friend. Right. And and we we talked about a few weeks ago that Jesus had a trust in them. Right. So they had a trust in Jesus. But Jesus is saying, look, and we learned from uh, John 16 that he's not going to leave them alone. Why? Because the father is going to bring the Holy Spirit that's going to help them to be able to abide. Right. And this is why we have the Holy Spirit. Right. This is the advantage that we have on this side of the cross that the Old Testament saints didn't have. We have the Holy Spirit to help us to abide. All right. Verse six. If anyone does not abide in me. He is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. So right here, this shows like a progressiveness. Right? So we have to understand when we stop abiding, it doesn't happen just right away. Right? And let me give you an example. The Bible says, what in Ephesians, to what? Be angry and sin not. Right? So it's not an anger. It's it's not a sin for us to be angry right and and then he also says in the B half of that same verse that don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I'm pretty sure most of us if not all of us have went to bed one time or another angry, right? So what happens? We usually do what? We usually wake up angry, or we may wake up in bitterness or unforgiveness. And see, now when when we do that, when we go to bed angry and we wake up with that bitterness. Now it's helping us. It's causing us to wither away because now we're no longer connected. So now, because now we have unforgiveness in our heart. So now we start to wither, right? But he doesn't want us to do that, right? This is why we're not to allow the sun to go down on our raft, right? My wife will come talk to me sometimes when I'm upset with her. <laughs> sometimes I ain't not want to hear it, <laughs> right? But you wake up and it's that unforgiveness. And then, as you continue to have that, your continence, your demeanor starts to get worse and worse. And now you start thinking bad thoughts, and it takes you to a place that God doesn't want us to go to. Mm-hmm. Right? Because now we're not, we're, 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 we're uprooted. Now we're not uh, abiding anymore. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the little things. And this is how the enemy will come after us. Even, uh, like I mentioned at work, you know, something could come and, and cause us to be upset. The enemy knows what he's doing, right? But we have to abide, and we have to be what wise as serpents, right? We talked about it Wednesday. We have to be wise as serpents, so we have to be able to discern those things. All right, verse seven: If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it should be done for you. All right? And I talked about this the first time. Um, most of us wasn't here, but uh, you know, does that mean that he's going to give us whatever we want? No, it doesn't. Right? But he's got that powerful word right there at the beginning. If. If. So that means it's a choice. It's a condition. Right? If we abide or we may not abide. Right? The thing is, if we are abiding, then those desires of having a car, the house, those things, they're not in us. Right, we don't have a desire for those things, we start to have a desire for God, doesn't mean he can't bless us with those things, but we're not seeking after those things, right, and you know it's what I talked about before, you know, sometimes it's the fruit of our labor right, because we work right, there's nothing wrong with that, sometimes we want what a doctor may have but we didn't go through the education that they went through, right, sometimes somebody may want what a nurse has but you wind up late at night studying (laughs) right or we may want I don't know how much Luke makes, but <laughs> you didn't go through hours of flight school and things like that, and then the training that you had to go through. Right? So there's certain specialties we have. So I have a specialty at my job that others don't have doing bother. They didn't go through the training that I went through. So they can't do certain things that I do, or can't have certain things that I have. Right? That's just the fruits of the labor. Right, what was that? Oh, okay. Verse 8. By this. My father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. We talked about that last week. Verse nine. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So now let's stop right there. So we talked about abiding in his love. So, you know, each time I read that, I say to myself, how do I abide in his love? How do I abide in his love? Now, the quick answer will be what? To read the Bible, to pray, to worship. To worship come to church fellowship that's about all of those are actually fruits of abiding right he actually tells us right here in this chapter and other chapters in the New Testament on how we abide verse 10 if you keep my commandments if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love so there's that word if again right See, the, the thing is this. We can talk about reading the Word and all that is good It's necessary, praying. Here's the thing. The lost can do those things too. The one thing the lost can't do is keep His commandments. Amen. That's what separates the lost from the saved. We have the Holy Spirit. We have a will that has a desire. Meaning, His laws, his, his, his commandments are not burdensome on us, but they'll be burdensome On the lost. They'll be burning some on the lukewarm Christian. Right? So he says if we keep. To keep means to attend to. To observe. So if we keep his commandments. It doesn't say we might abide. He says no. Will means it's definitive. We will if we keep his commandments. And a lot of times. A lot of Christians don't keep his commandments. Why? Let's keep going. Because we do going learn what His commandments are. So before we go further, Jesus set the example. Just like He said here, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So Jesus walked in obedience to the Father. We have to walk in obedience. Right? We, we can't make excuses. Well, I can't do this. I can't do it. Well, we can. We just choose not to. Right? And remember I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a daily battle on our flesh. Cause our flesh don't want to do certain things, right? Because I, I talked about how um, I got a Bible plan. I'm going through the Bible this year. So on top of working and uh, uh, the health situation this year, and plus studying for the messages and things like that. But I, it's a sacrifice on my on me to do it, right? But I, I do it, and to the point where now it's like I want to do it. It's clockwork, <laughs> right? If I miss a day, which I usually don't, (laughs) because actually I'm ahead, (laughs) right? Because I enjoy doing it, right? And and that's the point that we have to get to. So if we're abiding in him, we're going to enjoy doing that. We're going to enjoy learning more about him, right? Whether it's from Genesis through Revelation. Now, our flesh, (laughs) our flesh is going to say, no, not today. Take a break or go to sleep, right? Doesn't mean I don't get sleepy. (laughs) <laughs> right but we have to continue to strive we have to continue to strive Alright. verse 11 these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full so as disciples of Christ we should have joy right we should have joy right so the thing is, I mentioned it earlier that they were about, to, they were experiencing sorrow. Jesus talks about this in John 16, that they were sorrow. Why? Because Jesus is telling them he's going away. But he wanted them to continue to abide. And the only way, he wanted them to have joy rather. That's what i He wanted them to have joy. Why? Why? Because he knew what they were going to face. He knew persecutions they were going to face. Why do they need joy? Because what? Nehemiah tells us what? The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. That's right. right? And why is it vital for us to abide? Because Psalm 16, 11 tells us what? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Right? So that's the only way we can have that joy. We have to be in his presence. Amen. Right? So sometimes when we, you know, I'm, I'm sure all of us here have a habit of praying. But when's the last time you spent time, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, with the Lord? Just worshiping Him. Not, ask, not praying, not asking Him for anything, but just worshiping Him. I talked about it even when we were in the house, that that's what changed me when I was in polygraph school. the worship. I started just worshiping Him. Spending time in His Word reading and worshiping Him. And then guess what? He started giving me more understanding of the scriptures. Right? I wasn't asking him for anything because he already knows what we need before we ask. But let's just get in and just worshiping him. Right? And again, you may need to start out with five minutes a day. That's fine. But just worship him. Twelve. This is my commandment. So remember, he talked about it in verse 10. If you obey, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Hmm. I'm sure we've been in churches where we don't feel loved. Right. We, we may have come across certain brothers and sisters. We don't feel loved. Right. So he's telling the di- disciples here that they are to love one another. So. What's significant about this word love? It is an unconditional love, but it is the Greek word of agape, which is ag- agape-o. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. But it is a verb. It is an action. So another word, like Missouri, show me. Right? So even when I gave my testimony, right? Don't tell me you love me, but show me. Right? So what he's telling the disciples, don't just say, I love you, but show one another. Right? That's how we demonstrate the love of god by showing that's what jesus did his love was shown when he gave his life up right because it wasn't easy in the flesh right he had to suffer some things in the flesh right but that's what we have to do and this is not the only place he mentions it go to the john 13 john 13:34 13, So our love has to be in action. Right? And not only just to our brothers and sisters in Christ, but even to our neighbor, our enemies. Right? That's the difference. And the fact that it's unconditional love, that means we do things, we do service, not expecting something in return. So even if they don't say thank you, it doesn't matter because it's unconditional. That's the love we're supposed to have for one another And even those out there in the world. Alright. John 13.34-35 says this. A new commandment I give to you. That you what? Love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this all will what? Know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Right? We should not be bickering and arguing with one another. But we should be loving one another. By actions. By our actions. Let's go to Mark chapter twelve. Mark chapter twelve twenty eight. And see, when we're walking in love and unconditional love, we can't fake it. <laughs> Because ultimately, God knows our heart. All right, Mark twelve 28, I'll be reading probably to the 34th verse. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Do we do that? Right? Do we have a love for God that way? All right. Verse 31. And the second. Like it. Is this. You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Verse 32. So the scribe said to him. Well said teacher. You have spoken the truth. For there is one God. And there is no other but he. And to love him with with all the heart. With all the understanding. With all the soul. And with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Why? See, when we're walking in that unconditional love and service, right? He's telling him, Now, this scribe here is not walking with Christ but he's having a he's having an understanding. Why? Because he understands that God is numero uno. Right? And then we have to love our neighbor. Right? And sometimes that could be difficult. And so it's just like I talked about last week. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice for us to love someone that doesn't love us back. But what we do is we complain. <laughs> right? We complain. So now we making conditional Right? Well I did this, I I did this, I bought this to this person, and they didn't say doesn't matter. It's supposed to be unconditional. God knows. Right? Because we're not living for this world, right? We're not looking to get our reward here. We're looking to get our reward when we're in heaven, when we're standing before Christ. Right? But it has to be unconditional. That's the love, that's the service that we have to do. And like I said, it is a sacrifice. It's not easy to do. This is why we have to have the Holy Spirit. This is why we have to abide. <laughs> because our flesh may not want to do those things. Our emotions, our feelings come involved. Well, you know, they don't love me. Well, it doesn't matter. We know that God loves us. God loves us. And guess what? We have to reflect that love to others. Uh, let's go Ephesians four thirty two. Go to Ephesians four thirty two, and then we're going to jump over to Galatians five. All right, Ephesians four thirty two says this: "And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you." All right? That's their love right Galatians 5 513 Galatians 513 says this for brethren you have been called unto Liberty only use not Liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another right so again that's that part of that unconditional love when we're in service to one another right and again Jesus set the example. Verse 13 of John. Going back to John 15. I'll wait till you get there. John 15, 13 says this. Greater love has no one in this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So we can't call ourselves a friend of God if we're not doing what he commands us. And that is to love. So if we're not loving unconditionally and out of service. Then guess what? We're not obeying. That's right. We're not obeying. So we have to love unconditionally. Love one another. Love our enemies unconditionally. Regardless of what somebody else does to us. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we allow people just to push us over, take advantage of us, right? Because people will do that in a minute, (laughs) right? But we can't get caught up in having bitterness or unforgiveness towards them. We still have to walk in love. People are going to do us wrong. That's okay. They did Jesus wrong. And you, you know what? And Jesus wanted them going back to when he talked about them having joy, that the joy may remain full. They needed joy to go through the persecution they were going through, right? Right? And I touched on that earlier, but to think about it, it was a blessing to them. They came out praising God when they were persecuted. Peter and, John, Peter and John weren't doing nothing. Right? They weren't doing nothing wrong, nothing bad, but they get arrested. Right? They get some stripes, and they come out praising God. What do we do today? <laughs> <Get my lawyer. laughs> Thank you. Yep, I wouldn't even think about that. Yep, get my lawyer. Right? <laughs> we get angry. We fighting. We arguing. That's not love. That's not love. This is why we got to be careful on what or who we're listening to, and this is coming from the pulpit, right? So that's not obeying God's commandments. So that tells me that when I hear church leaders talk like that to get people to rise up, they're not abiding. They're not abiding. Right? Because they're being more as the zealots back then instead of the disciples. Because the only way we can stand persecution is by abiding in the true vine and having that joy. It's like we talked about it before. They were... Thrown in the lion's den. Burned at the stake. We talked about it before. Stephen. Lord forgive them. Trust me. It's not fun to get stoned by rocks. I've seen a video of it. When I, when I was deployed. It's not a pretty thing. <laughs> but you got to have love. To be stoned. Like Stephen was stoned. And still pray. For those that are stoning you. Amen. That's love. That's a sacrifice. All right. uh, 15. No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should not that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you. That you love one another. He says it again. Right. Again. Serving one another. Right. So now let's jump down to verse 26. But when the helper comes. Whom I shall send to you from the father. The spirit of truth who proceeds from the father. He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning. So. Just in this point here from. From. From verse 1 to all that we read. He mentions bear. I think it's about 8 times. To bear. So what does bear mean in the Greek? It means to yield. To carry. To move by bearing. So as we bear fruit. Remember when I talked about. How Jesus fed the 5,000. And fed the 4,000. And what are they supposed to do with the fragments? Take it to others. As we go. We bear fruit. We take that fruit to others. Right? That's what people should see in us. The fruit. Not that. Hey. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But it's our fruit that they should see. Right? That's, that's what we're carrying to other people. So now, when those who are downtrodden, they need joy, we can give them joy. When they need love, we can give them love. When they need self-control, we can give them self-control. Some of us. <laughs> some of us, like I talked about, that, some of us may have more self-control than others. Right? We should still have a form of self-control. Right, faithfulness. We should be able to show them faithfulness. Right, they should be able to depend on us as Christians. Why? Because we have that character of Christ. Because we are faithful. So, again, if we're going to tell somebody we're going to be some somewhere, unless a mercy comes up, we should be there. We should be people of our word. That's the character of Christ. That's what we should be bearing. That's what we should be taking. Out there to the world. Also showing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. That's what we should be doing. And if we're not doing these things. Then we can't be. We're not abiding. Because that's part of his commandments. Right. And the Holy Spirit is helping us. He's helping us in that. Just to go to Galatians 5. We'll finish up here. 5.22 <clears throat> Alright. Galatians chapter 5, verse beginning at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So, if we these fruits here are evidence that we're abiding, right? It, it, when we carry this character of Christ, when we bear this character, when we're bearing this fruit, it is evidence that we're abiding in a true vine. Right? Verse 24, "And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So this means as individuals, we have a part to play. right? Because again, we have a free will. So we have to crucify, crucify our flesh. Every single day. Right. That could be a hard task. But every single day. We have to crucify our flesh. So as we continue to abide. The Holy Spirit is causing us to grow. And bear fruit. Alright. Uh, let's look at verse 25. If we live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. So if we live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. That means. That means. We're walking about, living out the fruit in our lives. Right? We're not just talking about it, but people can see it. People can see it, and see that's about body of the true vine. Now I shared before how I had people at my job that are pastor churches, that are deacons, but they bear no fruit, and it leaves a bad taste in other people's mouths. But they will be the first ones to witness to somebody and talk about Christ, but there's no fruit there. Why? Because they really have religion. They're not a body in a true vine. But we have to bear fruit, and that is that. That is how we'll reach people. So to walk here, to walk in the spirit, is actually a military term in the Greek, meaning we keep in step with. Right? we keep keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. We're keeping in step with the Word of God. Right? Because His Word is what? A light to our path, to our feet. Verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So to be conceited means to be right all the time. And everybody else is wrong. Right? That's not love. Sometimes we may have the right answer, but it doesn't mean we always have to speak up and let everybody know the right answer. Right? Again, that's chopping them up. Right? So sometimes we, we have to be quiet and listen. Lord may say, speak. Lord may say, just keep quiet. Because the Lord knows their hearts. We don't. So when we become conceited and think we are always right, when it comes to the Bible, we can turn others off and then we become get into pride. Right. And then we, we can it, it'll go into envy. That's not what he wants from us. Right. But again, to be servants, to be servants, to be humble. Right. That's that's the fruit. Right. Not bring being braggadocious about this and that. No, we, we, we have to walk in humility. Right? And then we don't do things again, we don't serve to get something. Right? Because I know people that would just preach the gospel just for money. Right? We should preach the gospel. Now the Bible says we, we can be rewarded, but we should preach the gospel whether we get paid or not. <laughs> That's right. Right? Because there are some ministers out there. You can't get them to come to your church unless you pay a certain amount of thousands of dollars. That's not love. <laughs> That's greed. <laughs> That's greed. So when we bear fruit, it's a part of the new person. We become by abiding and remaining in Christ. So let's turn to Ephesians 4. Actually, you know what? Don't go there. Never mind. I'm going to stop there. I didn't realize I had that many verses there. <laughs> you know what? Go to Ephesians 4. I'll just read the uh, first verse. <laughs> I'll pick up another time. <laughs> but we have to become that new person. All right. Ephesians 4 verse 17 says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So in other words, that word testify is a call to witness, right? That we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So we should not walk in our old nature, right? Meaning we should we should demonstrate the fruit to those who are lost. We should demonstrate our new nature to the Lord. And our new nature is the character of Christ, because we being attached to the brine, divine, as we, we, we read here earlier, that we're branches, so we're his arms, we're his feet, right? So we're reaching out to the world, right We're not even not only just reaching out to the world, we're reaching out to our brothers and sisters who may be struggling and going through. And this is what we have to be mindful of. Amen, I'll stop right. Here. Yeah, I'm gonna stop there. Amen. <laughs> hey, let's, let's 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 bow our heads.